Hey friends, welcome to Women, Wine, and Leadership. This week, we're talking about workplace strategies. That means strategies in the workplace that are working for women who are leading like a boss. Regardless of title, we're talking about living a life of leadership. So grab yourself a friend or a couple of friends and go to the break room and listen to this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Crystal Covington, it's so fun to have you on the podcast. I'm impressed with what you have built with Women of Denver, and I got to go to one of your events. You let me volunteer at the event so I could be a fly on the wall and learn. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate that because I, I have that, that mentality towards life. I just want to be part of a greater community and see what you've built. I've met some fantastic women at that event. So I want to slow down for the readers, uh, listeners, <laughs> and uh, have you just like spin it back. Tell us um, about your work history and what led you to start Women of Denver. Ooh, work history. So I've actually been in marketing and event planning for most of my career. Incidentally, just kind of fell into that. I thought I was going to be a psychologist and ended up being a marketer, which <laughs> I guess I'm always Mark thinking psychology. about. <laughs> yeah, I'm always thinking about psychology of buying, I suppose, and yeah. um, psychology of events and how people have good experiences and things like that. So I had been doing that throughout my work life and put those strengths together and it became Women of Denver, combining that with my passion for just personal and professional growth and constantly um, evolving myself and just a love for connecting with other people. Yeah. Well, that's the fantastic part of it because you curate a, a list of speakers who are just phenomenal. I, I don't know how I, it's like I, I guess once you start building it, people start introducing you yeah. to the right people. They say, well, I went to this event. I saw a great speaker and I want to yeah. introduce you to new speakers. Right. But it's like they just come, they come into my space uh -huh. <laughs> and I meet them and I get to say, oh my goodness, I need you. I just had a really great conversation with one of our next speakers. And I always try to answer the question of, you know, why am I calling you? Why you? And so I just told her when you talk to me, I met her at a networking, a small networking um, thing that I was invited to. And the things that she was saying just about her perspectives and her personal life. Um, I just thought you're, you're special. You have to be what can you, what do you like to talk about? And I can, you know, find the spot for you because she's just a, a deep thinker and really innovative in the way she thinks about just processing life and teaching her children and all of that. I love that. I love that you said deep thinker. Um, mm -hmm. I just listened to a, a leadership development expert who said, you know, great leaders don't go to really expensive leadership development seminars. That leadership is birthed from within. And it sounds like she had something that was just innate or intrinsic that yeah. you want to replicate in the world. I love that you're doing that. So what have you gotten personally out of all of your Women of Denver events so far? I wouldn't be who I am today without it. It's almost like just having constant access. I mean, it is constant access to development. And, you know, I, I had always sought those things out, listening to Audible books. I've just looked at Audible. I have hundreds of books. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to a lot of these things. Yeah. But just reading hundreds of books and um, always participating in things and 
you know, because by nature of running women of Denver, I have to be there. And so even when I don't feel like developing or don't feel like hearing new information or connecting with other people, you know, you have those moods where you just want to hide. Um, I have them often as an introvert Yeah, and being forced out helps. It forces me to continue to work on those things. And so it's just given me, I mean, things that I use in my business today that have helped me um, thrive in the business realm, not just being professional, you know, personal development, but the professional tools that I've, that I've learned and used helped me to create a business as well that was able to give me what I needed to, you know, I learned the tools that I needed to be successful with my clients. I learned the tools I needed to be successful with women of Denver and building that and growing that and then creating the lifestyle that I wanted within the business. Yeah. I love the way that you said um, that you um, just show up as an introvert when you don't even feel like it. Um, Strangely enough, I'm an introvert too. I know exactly what that feels like. And it's funny, I got certified to teach yoga back when I wanted to make a commitment to go to yoga. I thought if if I'm the teacher, I can't not show up. Exactly. (laughs) It's often that way for me at work too, because I'm such an introvert. When I came to your event, I had to give myself a little pep talk in the car saying, Donna, just smile and ask questions. Just smile and ask questions. (laughs) This is just how we become more um, relevant, even when we're having a, a rough day, it's important to talk about that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that you shared it. Yeah, um, for me, it's been, it's always been the most helpful to be a volunteer. I was always a volunteer. I, it helps to have a job and to know, okay, well I stand here, I hold this thing and then I can have conversations in between yeah. and don't have to just walk out there and put myself out. And if I've reached my word limit for the hour, I can just go hide and pretend to be doing something important. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've always told my girl, my, all three of my daughters are introverts too. And I've told them at parties when I kind of reach my word limit, I start clearing dishes and trash and then I serve drinks yeah. to people, even if it's not at my house. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's kind of just a knee-jerk reaction to, okay, I'm done making conversation right now. I'm just going to go make myself comfortable in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of an escape for me. That's so funny. That's so funny that you do it at other people's houses. <laughs> I do. I do. I make my, and it makes me look like a really gracious person. Hey, yes. Your dishes here. Let me get this cleaned up for you. But what's funny is that I've um, gotten smart as a, as a coach and someone who trains people in leadership development. I've learned how to recognize that trait in other introverts. And so when I see somebody slipping off to either go do something on their phone or to go clear dishes. Um, If I know that that's a tendency that they have, I'm going to challenge them to go do something else. So I welcome you to challenge me, Crystal. Next time I'm at your event, if I'm in the back fiddling with the banner, trying to get it to stay (laughs) or or taking pictures to post on uh, Instagram, you feel free to say, Donna, go meet somebody right now. Just, just go. Okay. Well, I'll bring someone to you. Yeah. Which is why I do podcasts too. I can, um, I get to be the boss, but then it's over in 30 minutes and I post it and you're famous and, and I don't have to talk mm-hmm. any longer. Yeah. <laughs> so on women, wine and leadership, we talk about, um, what women are doing in community with other women to solve people problems, to basically create a greater level of success in their life. I'm wondering if you have some feedback 
from any of your participants in Women of Denver or anywhere in the other impact you've had in life, how women have been able to design strategies to be more effective because of the event that they've attended. Oh my gosh, so many times. But I'd say, I think the things that have impacted women that attend the most are um, leaders who talk about how they were able to transform themselves from the inside and get past some of the things that hold us back. Yeah. I think um, even more so than um, learning tactical things, I think the biggest piece is learning how to get past your insecurities and the limiting beliefs and all those kinds of things that help, uh, that, that boost you into the next level. So if you're trying to be a better leader, really taking the internal look at yourself and saying, okay, where am I not putting my whole self in this? Where am I hiding just as us introverts do? And, you know, whether you're an introvert or not, we often have these places where we hide within and don't allow ourselves to be the kind of leader um, that we deserve to be and, and that we can be if we really just um, stop holding back. Um, yeah. But otherwise, we don't stand up for, um, we don't represent what we are, or who, what we're worth or who we yeah. are or waiting to be invited. So thanks for empowering women to step into that. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, and then the tactical pieces are um, essential as well on the other side of it. And just knowing that, you know, when I think about leadership and um, it's kind of like the way the way I've had to evolve as an entrepreneur and um, it's a little bit different than in corporate, but it's, you know, getting people to do things while still feeling really great about it. They need to feel good about the work they're doing, but they need to get it done and get it done as effectively as possible. And there's a lot of strategy that goes into it, but half of what was going on with me as I was working on becoming um, a leader capable of doing that was my feeling good about myself as a, as feeling like I was capable, feeling like what I'm asking them to do is worthy of their time, feeling like, you know, I'm worthy of being their leader, all those little things um, I had to combat. And then being able to know how to give direction effectively, because if I don't give the direction the right way, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to get it. They're going to mess it up. And then it just makes everybody frustrated. Absolutely. That's exactly why I founded 360 Life Strategies. When people ask, what do you mean 360? I mean, mm -hmm. and I think you get it because you think holistically and you already have talked about bringing your whole self to the table. And the strategies that I curate in my coaching business are really just what you said. When you're in that moment and you have an important opportunity to influence, but your mind is telling yourself a story. Right. You're not worthy. Maybe you're not a great leader. Maybe they don't respect you. Maybe when that girl looked at you that way, she thought dot, dot, dot. So what is one strategy that you can give to, to the women listening today to climb out of that instantaneously and be effective? I've always looked at it as a determination if what I'm talking to myself about is truth. So looking at what's going on in my head and saying, um, on the right hand, is this true? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then I need to fix whatever it is. If there's, if there's a fault within myself, if there's something that I'm doing. Um, and sometimes that means asking other people if I can't be 
um, a good evaluator of myself, but asking if it's true and if it's not. And oftentimes it's clear that it's not. It's a story that I've made up um, because I have no context. It's okay. Why do I even think this is true? There's no actual facts that tell me this. If it's not true, then I have to work through it. I have to figure out some way to um, break out of that moment. And usually that's, it could be taking a walk. It could be doing something creative, but whatever it is, I feel that um, creativity and getting outside of that zone will sometimes help break it up because whatever it is, it's just emotional. It's a, it's just something that is kind of like, almost like a clenched fist, you know, you're clenching your fist. You got to figure out how to let that loose. Exactly. Have you ever heard of um, Brandon Burchard, big high performance leader guy says the word release when Mm -hmm. those kinds of clenching thoughts come up. He just, and it's even helpful to make a fist and release it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a a good, that makes sense. uh, Visual reminder to let that thought go. There's no evidence. That's exactly what uh, I teach. We have this little worksheet at our retreats at, goes through what's the thought that comes in your head um is it true or is it not yes or no now mm-hmm. let's rewrite it let's rewrite yeah. what we know to be true and we're going to operate off of that assumption yeah nice now you also talked about bringing your whole self to the table so i want to ask you i know you have a, a son young son mm-hmm. okay so um you're a mom and you work and you're an influencer <clears throat> a thought leader what do you do to keep your whole self on to curate energy, mental clarity, emotional resilience in your life? When I think about putting my whole self into something, I, I mean, you know, making sure that my energy is as positive as, and open as possible. Yeah. I know that there are, I still do believe in having, um, areas of life where things go in. So there are parts of me where, you know, I'm not going to spend the whole day talking about my son, even though I could, he's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, having those areas of myself and having, it's kind of like channels and still bringing, you know, the whole energy of my experiences, my love for life and who I am. And, but still having little bits of compartmentalization of this is me within this. And I, bring the best of me within that environment. So when I'm at Women of Denver, I'm the best of me at Women of Denver. I'm the best event planner I can be. I bring my um, my fake extrovert a little bit and uh-huh. you know give people a little bit of something that wouldn't be the same me that would be at home on the couch with my son, but still the same, you know, trying to bring as much of my um, the best of myself as possible to every instance. And it just means taking a step back. And oftentimes it's just reflecting and saying, um, you know, who do I want to be in this moment? What would be the best me to bring and how do I get there? And I've learned to just take a breath and tap into that vision of who I want to be at that moment. Um, and break out of the, sometimes I might be in a bad mood and I can break out of that bad mood and give myself energy. Um, and for people who've never done that before, one of the fun tools that I learned was from a conference that I went to where they had you just kind of, again, it's like the energy release thing, but just doing things that are the opposite of how you feel. So if you feel terrible, raising your arms up and saying, yay, and 
jumping up and down and doing the things that um, represent joy and energeticness, even when you feel pooped. Especially when you feel pooped. Yes. Isn't it amazing how it triggers something in your brain that actually lifts your mental energy and your emotional energy? It does. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) Well, that's, I, I'm glad that you talked about stopping and pausing that, that moment of visualization is so critical. I've heard so many high performing people say before they go on stage, they visualize themselves speaking clearly, looking poised. Yeah. The audience is laughing. (laughs) The whole thing. At least paying attention. And it's so important. Um, to, to use some kind of a trigger when you walk into a room to say, here's who I'm going to bring. Mm-hmm. And so many times I can think of in my past uh, work, kind of especially in workplace scenarios, sometimes I would walk into a room and bring the conversation from last time or what somebody said in the hall. And it would totally ruin my presence for that meeting. So I, I renewed a commitment to walk through the door bringing what I want to be. Um, I want to, you know, to, to have the presence of mind to do that requires that you've done some work. Are there any daily routines or rhythms that you use to stay energized, to keep mentally um, alert, neurologically, the fire happening in your brain? What do you, what's your morning routine like? Oh gosh, my morning routine I don't waking up. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a morning routine besides my son waking me up at four thirty or five a.m. Oh, <laughs> and so the morning routine would not be something I would ask. I would tell people to replicate. <laughs> right, right. But but um, I would say that it's a pregame more more of a pregame thing. So if I have something going on, I know that there are steps to take to get that energy right. So it's putting on the right music. So. Um, think of sports, you know, what would a, what would a sport player do to get jazz for the game, to get their energy at a high and they might just be jumping up and down. You know, I try to get my physical moving, especially if I have something to do like a talk in the morning or something, that's really hard for me. I'm not a morning person. I'm the opposite of a morning person. (laughs) So if I have, um, an early morning talk to do or something, I have to really get my body moving mm-hmm. um, because I don't wake up until about 11 o'clock. So naturally. <laughs> yeah. So getting that moving around, um, having the right music. So I have playlists that energize me and um, just being able to just blast that loud, play it while I'm taking my shower if possible, play it in the car on the way there, um, put on the right clothes that give me that um, Sasha Fierce energy where uh-huh that um, alter ego energy, things like that. I like that word, fierce. My daughter calls it the pump it up playlist. I call it my Ah, playlist. (laughs) That's what mine is actually called on my phone. It's the badass playlist. (laughs) It's amazing what it does. Um, It's an amazing creation music. I can't believe the power it has to change your mind. Yeah, good, good call. So at the end of the day, when you finish the speaking engagement and your son is resting, what bottle of wine do you pull out? Oh, I have, so I have always been a, a little bit averse to the taste of alcohol, but the first time I ever liked um, a, bottle, a glass of wine 
Um, somebody pulled it out, brought it over to my house. They were fancy friends. One of them was a VP from my work and I couldn't believe she came over to my party and she had brought this wine over and she said, this is my favorite wine. She said, it's Naomi. And it was a Pinot Noir. And I tried it and I thought, well, I don't hate wine. (laughs) Nice. Well, I, I, I like to say that a lot of people who don't like wine probably haven't tasted much good wine. So Mm. I'm glad your friend enlightened you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm listening to an audio book right now in the character in the book she wasn't really a wine drinker she liked things like it sounded like I can't remember what she was drinking I think it was like a Moscato or something like that which is what I used to do yeah something sweet and her she's a babysitter in the book and her the person she babysits for gave her a bottle of wine and she thought well gosh I guess I I like wine now (laughs) this is the best wine it's it was expensive wine and yes. she'd never had good, expensive wine before in her life. Well, it's a good way to keep yourself from over-consuming. If it's too expensive for you to buy on a regular basis, then you're safe. You don't have to yep. worry. <laughs> good, good. Well, um, would you just share with our audience uh, how we can reach you if we want to get involved with Women of Denver or how people can reach you if they just want to get to know you? So what's, what's the scoop? Yeah, so I'm everywhere online at Crystal Go Lead, Crystal with a K. And Women of Denver is at thewomenofdenver.com to check it out, making sure to put the the. I think somebody else owns Women of Denver by itself. Um, And we have events all throughout each month. So if you're in the Denver area and love um, checking out really great events where you can meet amazing women and learn great things. that will help you to be more productive, help you to be a better leader, and help you to be more of yourself in your life. Um, Women of Denver is an excellent place for that. I love what you're doing, Crystal. I love that I get to know you, and I plan on doing that more. Thanks for being on the podcast. I really Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the invite, and thanks for being at Women of Denver, helping me out that day. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> two loveliest sounds in the world are the sounds of a cork popping and the sound of a wine bottle pouring. Welcome to season two of Women, Wine, and Leadership. This year we're kicking it up a notch with a rotation of fabulous interviews. The first week of every month we're featuring strategies for your small business, for owners and the people who empower them. The second week of the month, we're featuring women in the workplace with strategies to thrive at work by bringing your whole life. The third week, we're digging into growth strategies for you to live your whole life on purpose. And this might be my favorite. The fourth week of every month, we interview women in the wine industry, making more than just wine, making history as outstanding women in business. Stay in touch with us through all the usual places 360 Life Strategies on Facebook, and Donna Carlson 360 on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. But hey, before you go, will you subscribe to this podcast? I don't want you to miss a single drop. Until next time.